This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Winter season is here and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Let's get you taken care Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. I've got three very special guests with me this evening to talk about Tottenham's 5-0 win against Everton at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What a game. Uh, of course, uh, Keane got an own goal in the 14th minute. Hunmin Son then put Spurs 2-0 up in the 17th minute. Harry Kane with a brace and Sergio Reguilon uh, sealed uh, Tottenham's 5-0 win. Now let's introduce our guest this evening. Uh, new to the channel, um, TV and radio presenter, Joe Forrester. Joe, thanks so much for joining us this evening. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I normally sound a little bit better than this, I should say. Um, it's not just shouting over Harry Kane's second goal that's done this to my throat. But yeah, good. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Joe. We've also got comedian Carl Jones back on the channel. Carl, how are you? I'm I'm really good, thank you, Chris. Yeah, right. I was um, I was unsure. You know, you never quite know at ten thirty on a Monday night. We're talking about a Tottenham live performance, how that's going to go. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We've also got actor um, Darren Hart. Darren, how are you? I'm good now, my friend. I'm good now. If you asked me that at eight o'clock, I wasn't feeling the same. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? We we all didn't know what to expect this evening. Joe, let's come to you first of all. Um, first time on the channel, so thanks so much for joining us. Um, what did you make of tonight's match? Um, to be honest, I think kind of the, the tactics from Everton in particular were, were suicidal um, at times. That kind of... I mean, Lampard, I thought he would have learned his lesson at Chelsea a little bit. That high line and Spurs just do so well against those teams that I think, like... Press up on them. So you look at Leeds, you look at Man City and tonight, Everton. Um, that being said, I thought some of the patterns of play were absolutely exceptional. And Harry Kane just ran that game. Um, but yeah, Everton really did us a massive favour as well. Joe, what were you expecting tonight? To be honest with you, I thought we'd beat them because I think they've struggled. I've watched them a few times and I think I've looked at them defensively and just thought, OK, they're good going forward. They've made a couple of good additions in central midfield. But actually... 
kind of overall defensively that back line is not good enough um i thought mason holgate particularly showed that tonight he was a million miles off the pace pretty much at fault for every goal in one way or another i didn't think it would be five nil and i certainly didn't expect the quality of some of the goals and i think the thing that impressed me most apart from obviously harry kane and then uh, Dan Kudasevsky was brilliant, exciting, fun, unpredictable. But I thought Matt Doherty was absolutely fantastic as well. And that is something I didn't expect. <laughs> Very true. Two assists for him tonight and uh, two for Kudasevsky as well. Cole, let's come to you. Your thoughts on tonight's match? Yeah, I agree with everything that's just been said there. I mean, Doherty was like prime Cafu at some points, wasn't he? I mean, it was, and I think he, um, I think he put Sonny through as well. So, so I think you know, Sonny almost uh, would have been a hat trick of assists if Sonny to put that one away. So, yeah, I, I, I think that they, the way they played was far, far too open. I thought we ran them ragged. I thought just the quality that we had just out outplayed them. I was a little bit concerned because. You know, we don't know which Tottenham are going to turn up at the moment. I mean, you look at the last five games, you know, uh, City, Leeds and Everton and then, you know, Middlesbrough and Burnley. Um, no prizes for guessing which two matches I had tickets for and went along to. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, to be honest, but as soon as I knew I was watching it from the sofa, I uh, I felt a bit more confident. But yeah, absolutely fantastic performance. Champagne Tottenham. It's just... You know that up and down roller coaster that we all uh, that we all kind of got addicted to at some point in our lives and haven't let go of since. Darren, how are you feeling about tonight's game? I'm happy now. I'm very happy now. I'm not going to lie. It started a bit shaky. It did start a bit mm. shaky. That press that Everton put on us at the beginning, we weren't comfortable with it, and we we struggled. And then suddenly we found our rhythm and we clicked. And that's the joy of Spurs. That's what today was about. It was the joy of being Tottenham fans. We turn up, we have no idea what our team's going to do to us. And then they perform like that and we're happy guys. We're all smiling now. We're all going to go to work with our chest puffed out tomorrow. We're all going to live the dream again. We're telling everyone we're going to be top four. We may even tell everyone we're going to win the Champions League next year. It just gives us <laughs> that banter back. You know what I mean? We're, we're back bantering again and this is a good place to be. How many times have we been there? Joe, let's come to you. Um, over these last few weeks, I'll tell you what, us Tottenham Hotspur fans have really gone through it again. Up, down, up, down. You know, a superb win at the Etihad Stadium against Manchester City. And then, of course, uh, that defeat at Burnley. Then beating Leeds United. Then losing to Middlesbrough. Now, this evening. Um, what have you made over these last few weeks and how are you feeling right now as a Spurs fan overall? I do feel there's an element of kind of those teams that press high against us. That really plays into our hands. That because, I mean, I think it's particularly when you have Harry Kane kind of lying deep on the centre circle, he could beat that high press, release Kulisevsky, release Son, whoever it might be, Sessignon at times tonight. And I think that plays into our hands. What we still struggle with is breaking down the teams that sit deeper, um, Middlesbrough, Burnley, whoever it might be. Again, it's just that unpredictability that the guys have talked about. And I think that X factor is, and it's cliche and it's kind of tweet, but the X factor is Harry Kane. And when he turns it on, like he did tonight, like he did against Manchester City, he's pretty hard to play against no matter who you are. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. To it's a roller coaster. I, everything. I keep checking BBC Sport every three hours to see if they've rearranged that Arsenal game because that's what it's yeah. going to come down to. That is going to be the game that the top four comes down to for me. What do you put the inconsistency down to though, Joe? <sighs> I think, to be honest, I think maybe that Conte tactical system I think he loves to play those wing backs really wide, hugging the touchline, looking for those balls from deep, kind of through the middle, picking those through balls. 
that's obviously a lot harder to do. And it's a kind of an age-old problem with Spurs, well, certainly the last five years. If you've got to kind of play triangles around a deeper block, that's a little bit harder for us to do. I'd like to see us be able to play another way. And I haven't really seen that from Conte. And to be fair, under Conte, by and large, particularly in the Premier League, obviously we had a little sticky patch of form a few weeks ago. But actually, by and large, it's been pretty good. And I would just like to see, on top of what he's done in terms of the fitness and in terms of the, I suppose, um, tactical awareness and everybody knowing what they're doing, I'd like to see a second way to play so that we can beat those other teams that might not push up so much. Carl, how are you feeling about, um, you know, obviously tonight's win? Because, you know, the inconsistency, I I felt that it was really strange inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today. Even when Spurs were tuning up, freeing up, falling up, fighting up, there just wasn't that um, happiness that that fans should, you know, there wasn't that happiness that we should all feel um, when we're fighting up at home. It, It was a really weird atmosphere for me this evening. It, it did. It did sound like it. That came across a little bit, actually, and um, and actually, even even the last couple of away games, I don't think we've been nearly as noisy as we have been mm. in recent weeks. And and I was at the Leicester turnaround as well, which was we were loud all night, and then it was you know we had that amazing kind of ending. I, I think at the moment, I think we've lost lost trust in what to expect, and even when it was when it's so comfortable, because actually it can be difficult to raise an atmosphere when a game is as comfortable as it was tonight, because the team did really need the, the the fans in the stand so much but um it, it sounded like that I mean it was nice to hear Frank Lampard getting a fair bit of stick that was that was enjoyable <laughs> um so that always always down for that and uh, and uh, you know the, the chance of Antonio um I, I think um it, it's just at the moment we th- there was a moment about 70 minutes where we kept the ball for a minute 90 seconds and it was just pass, 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 pass. And we dominate possession for five minutes. And then Bergvine uh, laid a stray ball off and you heard the crowd audibly groan. And that kind of, for me, was just like, that is us. We can't be happy when we're 5-0 up, to be honest. So I think it's just in our DNA. I think we just need to, um, I think as fans, I think we just need that little bit of trust because even after a performance like that, we I, I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but we're thinking about Man United at the weekend. Can any of us say we're 100% confident we're going to go in against a Man United team that have been battered? So I just think at the moment, you just don't know which Spurs are going to turn up. So maybe it's um, a little bit, little bit of a, a trust issue. It's funny, actually, Carl. The amount of times I heard um, inside the stadium tonight, you watch us lose to Manchester United next Saturday. <laughs> It's, uh, it's it's the same as when we beat Manchester City at the Etihad. So many people joked and uh, and laughed around saying that we'd uh, lose 1-0 to Burnley, which of course happened. Um, Darren, let's come to you. How, how confident now are you uh, going to Manchester United that we, we can actually get some consistency going? You know what? I, I want to say yes, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm confident. I've got full will. I've got full backing. I believe in the lads. I know we're going to have that consistency now. But I can't say that. And none of us can. And that's why you could feel it in the stadium tonight, Chris. And that's why we could feel it on our sofas at home. As fans, we can't really go, it's all clicked. It's it's all gelled. They're getting it now. They get the system. As Joe spoke about earlier, have they? are they aware of the plan B? Is there a plan B? Do they understand what they can do when teams sit off and don't allow them to have the freedom of going, we're going to hit you on the break. That's the way we're going to play. Giving Kane that space around the ball. Now, We've got to know our plan B. But also, as us fans, 
this game was great. It was great to get a five on the win against an Everton side that came out for 10 minutes, well, five mm. minutes, and they were they were pressing hard. They were hitting hard, and then it fell apart. Once the goal started to go in, they fell apart. We do that, though. We know Spurs fall apart. If our plan ain't working after a while, we fall apart. And I think that's why we can't really be as confident as we all on this forum would like to be, as everyone at home would like to be, and the stadium would like to be, because we have a great manager right now. We are showing moments. And I think today was a beautiful example of moments. And I know everyone has raved about Harry Kane, but our big Swede, our big Swede. Chris, you know, transfer day I was with you. And I said, I know my man's got some goods and he's producing the goods. And I'm telling people he is going to get better and better. And Benton Core in the middle of the park, I'm just like, there are moments when it all just works. Like as, as Carl was saying, when we held the ball for five minutes and it just moved around effortlessly and you go, that's the Spurs we love. That's the team we want. But then the mistake happens. We go, and that's the Spurs we also have as well. That's the Spurs that Romero does the crazy tackle at the back. And you go, what, what ball? What ball? <laughs> and, you know, that's the Spurs that we have. And we just, Chris, I don't know what they're going to do to us on, on, on the weekend. I don't know. Man United are there to be beaten, like Everton were today. But the Spurs arrive and we beat ourselves. Because that is what's happening right now. I haven't seen a side beat us. I see us beat ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, Joe, let's come to you. Before we're talking about the starting eleven this evening, um, as you're new to the channel, I'm just uh, interested to know uh, why Spurs? Why, why are you a Spurs fan? Uh, to be honest, it's a family thing that I inherited. So, yeah, the whole family back to great-granddad from Wood Green. I'm the first generation to be south of the river. Um, yeah, so it was... I, I had no choice, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's let's talk about Tottenham starting eleven today. Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three of Romero, Dyer, and Davis. Wing backs Sessegnon and Matt Doherty in midfield. Uh, Benton, Kurt, and Hoybier. The forward three of Kulishevsky, uh, Hunmin Son, and Harry Kane. Joe, was that the uh, the starting eleven you were expecting? Uh, yeah, I think it's give or take. Maybe Reggion in for Sessegnon, potentially the strongest starting eleven that we've got. Um, really, really pleased with that. I think Kulishevsky. It looks finally, we've always wondered, who is that third player to play with Kane as son? And I'm a big fan of Lucas Moore and the work rate and how direct he is and that kind of thing. But uh, Kulosevsky looks like the real deal in terms of having the ability to maybe not be as good as those two players yet, but to certainly hold his own. And I think he's incredibly fun as well. Those kind of, he looks like he wants to try stuff. He looks like he's having a laugh. There's that little no-look flick kind of, through a couple of players that Bergwijn ran onto and smashed it kind of straight down Pickford's throat. And I just thought, that's so that's such a laugh. That's kind of futsal Brazilian style Mickey taking football. And I love to see that. And it's just that element of the unpredictable, I think, particularly for Tottenham, has been really missing um, since Ericsson left. So we've had no one to pick a lock. And maybe Kulisic can do that in a different way. Um, I much prefer Holberg and uh, Ben Tanker to... Holberg and Winks and or Ben Tinker and Winks. I think they're both superior players to Harry Winks. And for me, both look very good. I think Ben Tinker's a real kind of metronome, keeps it ticking over in the center of the park. I actually loved Romero's tackle. I love, I love to see anybody flying late. I love to see an opposition center forward upended. And I thought Richarlison had a hard time tonight. There's a lot. Ben Tinker went in heavy on him as well a couple of times for no reason apart from thought. This guy doesn't like it. We're five nil up, but I was I was laughing because I thought I do, I do like to see that. Um, 
yeah, and to be honest, I thought, like I say, I, th- I think I think it's pretty much the best starting eleven that we could have picked tonight. Joe, how impressed have you been um, with the two new signings, Kulishevsky and Bentenker? Because they've come into this Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven, and they look like they mm. have been with us for a very long time, don't they? Yeah, Bentenker, I think it's just a classic example. Football's a simple game. Just win the ball, pass the ball. That's all it is. Just make sure you do not lose the ball and advance the play forward. I think Harry Winks, for me, has always been something of a crab. It's always those kind of horizontal lateral passes. And when he tries to play forward, he gets himself into trouble. He sometimes dwells on the ball too much. I always felt we needed an upgrade on him in particular. Um, and Kulisevsky is just so much fun. He's so much fun. I've got no idea what he's going to do. And also, he's obviously got ability. And I read um, tonight that he's already equaled Lo Celso's goal and assist ratio that it took Lo Celso 49 games to get to. And I just feel it's like they've, and they've, and they've both hit the ground running. And I think they're both really shrewd signings. Carl, let's come to you. Um, that start 11, do you agree with Joe? Possibly the best start 11 that Antonio Conte could have put out? Yeah, I think I think it is. I, I, certainly the best best starting lineup that was available tonight. Um, I, I, I think we've missed Skip a great deal. I do agree with everything that's been said, though, about Winks. I think, unfortunately, he's just not up to that level and it makes a real, real difference. We don't get it forward enough. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Jermaine Genus, actually, towards the end of his Spurs career, where it was very sideways. There wasn't a lot of attacking intent. You know, that kind of... Uh, Benton um you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him in the same bracket as Dembele at this stage. But he's <laughs> the way that he seems to find space, he's not quite as tidy and he's got a long way to go. But I see a lot of potential there because he just looks like he controls a game, he finds space for me in the way that Dembele used to. And and you know, with, with Hoybier alongside him, who, who's also got his limitations, but Hoybier's that bit of a dis- destroyer. He does get around the pitch and, and and kind of break things up a little bit and then kind of give it to better players around him. And and Cessignon, I mean, you know, that great, great sort of instinctive cross, you know, he he sort of made that that overlapping run, albeit Coleman looked like he'd if he'd he might have got there about now, I think, if he'd have uh, if he'd have set off with just now, just how slow Cess made him look. But just you know, it's what you tell kids, isn't it? Get to the byline, get the cross in, and uh, and, and and that was great. But then I just thought, you know, with uh, with Reggie coming on and scoring after forty one seconds, there was a couple of little yeah. flicks and things in there. So you know, you kind of felt that he's been. Uh, I know he's had the knock recently, but he's kind of gone. All oh, right, my place is up for grabs here. And I really like the fact that he came on and thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved. So to to score a goal after I think 41 seconds, wasn't it in the second half? So yeah, lovely. And then, you know, what what can you say about Kane and Son and and Kane's post-match interview talking about how we go where the space is and go where the game dictates? I mean, you know, we watched him I, I, when I went to Middlesbrough. Um, I, I took a mate who's actually a Villa fan and he said, oh, who's the best player you've ever seen live? I said, look, I said, honestly, I, I saw Messi from the top tier of Wembley and I could barely tell which one he was because I was that far away and Harry Kane and, and, and then Harry Kane didn't have the best game at Middlesbrough. But you watch Harry Kane tonight and, you know, the City performance. We are watching in a Tottenham shirt just one of the greatest players in our history. And he may have soured his reputation a little bit in the summer and hopefully he's going to win that back. Um, but 
you know, I just think he's just a marvel to watch. And, uh, you know, we've had some many, many great players over the years, but Harry Kane at full flow is just something special. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, a good, a good team and the system, the system worked tonight. We'll certainly come on to talk about Harry Kane, Cole, later on in the show. Um, Cole, for you, um, when Oliver Skip does return from injury, does he walk straight back into this Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven? Yeah, I think he does against certain teams. I think probably, um, I think I think Hoybier probably gives us a little bit more protection than um, against against sides who are going to maybe overrun us in midfield. Um, I, I would like to think that you know where skip skip can still control the game in that position i'd like to see skip and benton core together because i think that could be a good combination um i think i think it's got to the point where it's almost anyone but winks which is a bit of a shame and it's a bit sad because he's he is one of our homegrown players but i think you know those three two of those three in most most matches is given us some some really really good options i think to uh to you know and 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 now, when we have Romero and Dyer, you know, at, at the back, it, we, we're starting to get that spine back again that we've, that I think, we've been missing for a few years. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, Darren. Let's come to you. I'm happy with the starting eleven this evening? Yeah, it is that it was the best that we had available, and I think also what I enjoyed about that eleven is there were people on the bench who believed they should be in that eleven, and I think that's what I'm seeing them fighting for a shirt now. Regulon came on and he fought for the shirt. He's like, I want to be back in. I want to be back number one. So you saw that energy. When Bertwine comes on, you see that energy. When Sanchez came on for Romero, you saw that energy. And I think that's what Conte is starting to breed around this team right now. And people are wanting to play. They're fighting to get back in. When Skip comes back, he doesn't... I don't, he, he won't walk back in. He's going to have to fight to get back in. And I think listening to a Conte being interviewed recently... When he spoke about Regulon and COVID, he was like, yeah, he's back, he's fit, but Sessionon's playing and he's got to give me a reason to get back in the team. And I think today he's, do, he's done that. He's gone, look, Sess had a great first half, you scored and had a good second half. Conte's got a problem and that's what he should have. Our squad has got to produce that. And Doherty right now, we'll talk about him later. I, I, I twitched when I said that. I don't, I don't want to praise him yet. It's a bit crazy, like my next story. <laughs> but suddenly we got a performance from somebody that I didn't recognise. And, I can only put that down to Conte putting something in him and giving him the confidence and giving him the tools to go, show me what they bought. Because we heard you were a wing, a wing back. I'm playing your system now. Show me what you can do. So let's hope. But yeah, that 11 is the best that we that we could put out tonight. And it did the job that he needed to do. Let's talk a little bit about Matt Doherty. Joe, let's come to you. What? <laughs> What has Antonio Conte done with Matt Doherty to, you know, to give performances like tonight? I wonder if he's done that kind of, uh, you know, the men in black memory blank trip. <laughs> so he's just taken the last 18 months off him. So he's gone, right, we've just signed you from Wolves. And he's gone, okay, fine. So I'm still a good player then. Um, honestly, like that through ball, that first time through ball for Sun, I had to rewind it because I, I was like, I swear that's Matt Doherty, but it's got to be Ben Tancourt. So I did it. I did the same like, thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that is Matt Doherty. That, that, like, that is him. And the way he played, it, do you know what? It's the difference in watching a player play with confidence. And there was a lot of stuff. He was trying it. He, there was a bit right by the end where he got to the byline and he had a couple of men around him. And instead of doing what he would normally do, which is either stack it and fall over or smash it into the full back and it goes out for a corner, kind of put his foot under it and it was a little kind of 
chipped, drifted cross. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a really good ball. And I didn't think you'd dig one out there. Just little bits of a player not wanting to get rid of the ball, wanting to be on the ball, try things. And I guess he's just uh, just reminded him what a good player he can be. You don't become a bad player overnight, but you do lose confidence. We all know it. If you're at work and something's going wrong, then you want it to be over as quickly as possible. And he just looks like a player who's got confidence again to me. And yeah, suddenly maybe that right-sided wing-back problem is solved and they were ready at the club. Carl, let's come to you. Of course, Spurs went 1-0 up in the 14th <laughs> minute. Um, Sessegnon, most people in the stadium thought it was Harry Kane, but of course he's now been credited as a, as a keen own goal. <laughs> Um, but Sessegnon, I was in that corner um, where Sessegnon crossed the ball. And I tell you what, Sessegnon turned to the fans. He was absolutely ecstatic. He was so happy that he had assisted that goal. Talk us through that first goal. Yeah, well, I mean, the the kind of overloading them. Um, and then, and then you know, we, we talked about Winks maybe not always playing a ball forward. Uh, ben Davis doesn't always have uh, has a habit of turning back around and playing it back where it came from. And Ben Davis put a decent ball in credits where it's due for, for Sess to run onto. The, the space then that's left by Everton's defence. I mean, it's just nice to talk about another team defending absolutely appallingly, isn't it, against us rather than the other way around. So that, you know, that that space that was left and he, he gets he gets the ball in and poor old Michael Keane, who, you know, takes that one at pace. He took one, he took one in the face just oh. for half time. And I think I think yeah. he went home after that. I think he's probably just getting back to Liverpool round about now. So he, he did not have a good night. So yeah, it did look like it was a Kane uh, Kane finish. Um it would have been lovely if it had to come off Kane, because that actually would have meant that Kane would have uh, leveled with Frank Lampard on Premier League goals tonight if he'd have got the hat trick, which would have been just absolutely lovely. But yeah, really nice to see Sessignon um you know, looking positive, looking confident. You know, we remember that player for Fulham. He was mm. only a kid, but you know, he was attacking and 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 a real sort of pacey winger. And and that that's sort of what I think Conte wants from this back three. He wants to almost be playing wingers. The whole Traore thing. You know, it's um. It, I I thought it was just really good to see him attack it, get the ball in, and just trust his instincts. And and yeah, got got us off to the start and and relieved some of that early pressure. We didn't really look back then, did we? Do you think now is the time that we're going to see the best of Ryan Session though, Cole? Because it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had the loan spell in Germany as well, didn't he? And I think he did okay over there as well. But he, you know, it's been what three three seasons, I think, now since we since we signed him, um, and and yeah, he's, he, it's just not happened for him. And and yeah, that happens at every club. There's plenty of players that come and don't fulfil the potential. And he was very much looking like one of those ones that we might need to need to clear out um, in the in the transfer window, but. You know, again, we we look at that strength in depth, the thing that Spurs have never really managed to nail, even with that fantastic 11 we had a few years ago. We've never kind of had a backup for every player on the bench. You kind of look and go, well, Sessignon, Reguillon, all of a sudden, that could end up being one of our stronger positions in the team where we've got a first-teamer and someone right on his tail challenging him for his position. So, you know, that that could be a very, very good sort of couple of options we've got to to rotate. So yeah, hopefully this is hopefully this is the beginning for him to uh, to really get his Spurs career up and running. Darren, let's come to you. Um Regulon and Royal or um Matt Doherty and Sessignon for you. Oh my day. That's a horrible question. That's horrible. I thought we were friends. I thought you put me <laughs> in to have a nice evening, Rigger. Wow. Wow. Um 
Well, because okay, because Joe, Joe even said earlier, this this is possibly the best possible eleven, and we've got Doherty and Sessignon in. We wouldn't have been saying this a few months ago, would we? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know what? On what people are delivering, on what I'm seeing on the pitch right now, if you had to say, I've got to pick two, I'm going to take the two that started today, and. That's crazy to say that because I'm a massive Regulon fan and I, I do love everything he does. I feel if Ryan Session can produce the player that we know is in him, if he can bring it out, we saw what it was like at Fulham. He loves attacking. And that's the thing about Session He likes to score goals. When, when um, Regulon's up there, that's a new part of his game. His goal today was great for his confidence because he gets in those positions and it's a rush of blood and he doesn't know what to do. And I'm hoping that they're gonna they're gonna improve each other because sometimes Sessignon, he's not the best at the back, and Reglon's sometimes a bit better. So I think all four of them have got so much development they can do if they learn off each other. There's so much they can give each other to improve. I think the bigger picture for me in terms of both of those positions is going forward next season, where is Tottenham really looking to be? Because all four of them have errors, all four of them have mistakes, all four of them are not the finished article. And if we could get a finished article in either of those positions, I think it gives us a massive new new start and it will really push us forward. It will make top four cementing rather than trying to break in. And I think that is an area that I know we all can see it as fans. That's the area that really needs improving and really needs looking at. But we have players who give us moments and that's this horrible thing about the life we live as Spurs fans is today we had great moments for these individuals and right now we're going to eat our words because we're saying how amazing Doherty was he was Roberto Carlos tonight and then what's he going to do he's going to eat grass on Manchester against Manchester he's going to eat grass and I'm going to be here we're going to be here and it's going to be a nightmare please don't make it happen Doherty please I beg I beg down just quickly uh, Franco writes on screen now about Benton Kerr Benton Kerr has only just got here the sky's the limit with him what, what have you made of him since uh, signing the January transfer window very excited when we got him because I love what he does when he doesn't have the ball. And I think that is something that is really important for a central midfielder. He's forever pointing. He's forever instructing others where to put the ball. He's a, he's a footballing brain. And in the middle of the park, we've always let that person that time stands still for them. They see the picture. They see the pitch. They see the movement. They know where the ball should be going. And what Bentacar has done is he's instructing the back three where to put it. He knows where he wants people to move. He hasn't, obviously, the language is a barrier, but football is a language we can we can all speak. And he speaks football beautifully. And he's dictating the play. He, he As you said earlier, um, Joe, that it's the quick movement of the ball. Let's just get it going. Let's get it forward. And the ball is always stuck around in our midfield. The players don't put their head up and don't find the pass. That's why Kane is, again, looking better. Because suddenly the ball is getting to him quicker. It's getting to him in positions where he can exploit the play because the movement is is happening quickly. And I think players like Bentico will bring out a better side in Kane, a better side, a better side in Sun, and other players will grow. I think even Hoybier. I know a lot of people have come out and started shooting shots at him recently. And I'm like, leave it, leave it, because he is a destroyer, but he is also a ball player as well. And there are moments today where there's a little cross turn, there's a little fix. The benchmark and the confidence. You can only grow as a player, especially in the middle of the park, in a pair. You need a good pair. I don't think that's the perfect pair, but it's the best pair we've got right now. And I can't wait to see Ben to go and skip because I think that could be a beautiful combination. 
Joe, are you surprised that Antonio Conte is getting a, a good tune out of Doherty and Sessegnon at the moment? Because, you know, as we all know, Conte's system, you know, he absolutely loves the wing-backs getting involved um, in, in the play. And, of course, now, you know, Sessegnon uh, created the uh, the first goal for Spurs. Matt Doherty got a couple of assists today. Uh, he was raving about, um, you know, the, the goal at Leeds as well when both uh, full-backs got involved, uh, Sessegnon crossing, crossing for Doherty. Um, are you surprised that he's getting a tune out of these two at the moment? Yeah, I think what's interesting is they, his system, his traditional system at Chelsea, then again at Inter Milan, it does favour those win-backs. They hug the touchline, they get a lot of the ball, and I think Doherty and Sessegnon are both better players going forward than they are defensively. So it makes them look better as a result and also takes a little bit of that defensive responsibility off them. I think... I think, as Darren was saying, the thing about Ryan Sessegnon is he loves to attack. Let's just, uh, Fulham, when he first came through at Fulham, he played wide on the left as part of a front three. So he's not traditionally a fullback. And I know that's something that Conte's done before. He kind of moved people backwards. And Victor Moses is the classic example. Turned him into a right wing back. I think, to, to be honest, just put simply, giving them more attacking responsibility, less defensive responsibility, makes them look a little bit better. But also because, I think particularly with Doherty, Kulisewski likes to drop back, likes to get the ball, gives him someone very good and very reliable to link up with. And I think that's really, really benefited him as well. Carl, let's come to you. Um, now, in the 17th minute, Tottenham Hotspur uh, went 2-0 up. Hunmin Son uh, got the goal with a Kulisewski assist. Uh, do you want to talk us through that one? Uh, yeah, so... Um... I, 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 remind me, remind me of that one. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, yeah, the interlink. That was it. We broke on them, didn't we? That's it. Yeah. It's not normally scored, five to remember. We, that's it. We scored so many tonight. I'm trying to remember them all. Yeah, that. I mean, that again was just really, really nice. Sort of just pouncing on them, wasn't it? And then, um, you know, again, the Everton players just seem to get dragged out of position. I mean, again, when we talk about Everton players, kind of maybe just um, looking off it, and they, they didn't look committed. I think it was Holgate who came out. Um, so Kane, Kane draws in the players. Kulisevsky, if you see that in slow motion, that Kulisevsky, it looks like a simple layoff, but actually, I saw the slow motion replay of that. He does something really delicate with his foot. It's 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 quite it's quite special. And uh, I was watching it with my 13-year-old son who loves his football, is uh, is a little bit of a flare winger himself on a, on a Saturday morning. And just, you know, he's quite sort of uh, animated when he's watching watching Spurs and watching skills. And he, he got his, uh, his his forehead in his hands, just that little Kulisevsky, just just little place through. And then, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good finish. You know, it's um, it, it's it's sunny all over. So. Um, at that point, you kind of went. This could be quite a, um, a, a you know, a, 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 a comfortable match, and uh, and and so it proved. To, but yeah, it, it's it's again nice to see all three of those interlinking and uh, and, and and looking dangerous because um, he, he's given us something very very different, Kolesevsky, that, that I don't think Bergwijn and Mora have. Albeit, you know, they've got their they've got their uh, pluses. It's so nice to have someone else involved, isn't it? 
you know, assisting and, and scoring goals as well, Kulishevsky. Um, and, and, and it makes a change as well that, you know, a Spurs player, you know, sign, signing a player from another country um, hits the ground running and, and plays very well straight away after signing. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, now, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane uh, combined quite a few times in the game. And although we won 5-0, it could have been a whole lot more. Uh, in the 23rd minute, Harry Kane to Hunmin Son, good ball in, didn't quite get there. 28 minutes gone, Hunmin Son was through, Pickford saved came out, Harry Kane missed. Um, want to talk about the, um, one of you mentioned it earlier, about the Christian Romero incident, 30 minutes gone, got the yellow card. I know, Joe, you said that you love this type of thing. I just worry <laughs> about how many yellow cards that Christian Romero is going to pick up, you know, when it is, it's just not needed. You said it wasn't needed, Darren. I completely agree with you. You know what? I love him as a player and I love the, the fight that he brings to our back foot. I love that aggression, but it's choose your moments. And we've always had that centre-half at Spurs who just chooses the wrong moment. Like, like you can take him out if you want, but at that point, we're comfortable in the game. As we, we would, What we've got under Conte is the new little bite, which I'm loving. There's a, an aggression in our play. And you don't need to give Romero any more aggression. He arrived with it all already. So that was the moment where I was like, don't do that. We don't need that. The game was comfortable we we as Spurs, we make games uncomfortable for ourselves. And I think when I saw that he didn't come out for the second half, I was like, Conte, God bless you. I'm going to kiss your forehead. You understand what's going on here. This is what Spurs can do to ourselves. And I think Romero's going to learn that because I think he is always going to be a player who's going to get bookings. And I think we're, we're, we're going to see that. He's going to stack them up. And we don't want to lose him for an important game over a stupid tackle where you go, you know the one against Everton where you didn't need to? That's number five and now we've lost you and I think it's about him just learning that now because he is aggressive and I love that I love that he's front foot forward he always wants to nick the ball he wants to nick it high up the pitch he, he's he's that kind of defender so he's gonna always live on the edge but he's got to be a little bit more calculated so I know I know Joe you were loving him and you were you were whooping <laughs> and cheering I'm sure me Carl and Chris were eating our, our knuckles going don't 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 but I see it I've got to say that my when I play my 13-year-old son on FIFA and he's absolutely rattling me, that's yeah. basically what I just start doing on about 70 minutes. That's exactly what I said to him. I said, that's like one of my tackles. When we watch it in slow motion, the ball's long gone and he's still long sliding gone. in. He's not made contact yet. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit daft, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you know, Dar Darren, I, I agree. I think that he does need to pick his moments. Joe, I love, um, you know, players flying in, you know, with tackles. Certainly North London derby when we're playing against Chelsea or West Ham, whatever, you know, the tackle's flying in. But surely Romero has to pick his moments because he's going to be booked a number of times. And then, of course, he'll, he'll go, you know, be out suspended, won't he? Yeah, it is. I think it is kind of, it's part and parcel, isn't it? You get an Argentinian centre-half in, they're gonna they're gonna put themselves about a little bit. It's part of the game, but I do kind of think, yeah, like Darren's right. If he'd have been missing for that United game, then suddenly it gives it a really different complexion because you go, okay, Dyer, Davis, Romero, that looks like a pretty decent back three. Suddenly, if that's Sanchez starting, you think, I don't know how I quite feel about that. So yeah, I mean, you've got to pick your moments, but oh, I do. I, I mean, watching it in slow mo, I will always laugh. I just I love that. <laughs> Joe, how, how impressed have you been with the um, with the partnership of Eric Dyer and um, and Romero at centre back? Do you know what I love Eric Dyer? I think I've always had a big soft spot for him, and I think any player who runs off the pitch because he needs the toilet is a legend <laughs> in my mind. But I just think he's been a great servant for the club. He's really waited his chance and stuck around, not made a fuss. To be honest, been used 
right back, centre half, bottom of a defensive midfield system. Not really moaned, and he just he's putting that work, and he's now in centre back, which is his best position as far as I'm concerned. I think he's managed to cut out a lot of the mistakes. There was a classic kind of Eric Dyer hospital ball, which is win the ball, look up, try and find the central midfielder, can't actually pick a pass, then have to recover. He's managed to phase that out and just become a centre-half and use his attributes. He's quick, he's strong, reads the game well, very good at organising people as well. And Romero was Serie A Defender of the Year last year, so this guy's a class act. Um, I'm really, really impressed with the three of them. Do you know what I think? I think Ben Davis has done a good job. Long term, I don't think any of us think he's going to be that third man, particularly if Conte is there next year and we're pushing for top four or whatever it may be. But I think it's been, to be honest, like an incredibly solid little triumvirate there at the back. I've been really impressed. Joe, do you think it's unfair that um, Ben Davis doesn't get the um, the plaudits when 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 he deserves them? He's just not that fun, is he? That's the that's the problem with it. He's like he he does everything quite well, but you're never going to be like you're never going to be with your kid and walk into the Spurs shop and be like, I want number thirty three Davis. How does he become more fun for you? Well, do you know what? He's just he doesn't have kind of any of of that kind of those glamour attributes. He's just a solid, decent top end Premier League footballer. That's what he is. And that's brilliant. And every football club needs them. You can't have loads of brilliant players. Like you can't have all showmen. But yeah, I just don't think he's hugely exciting. And he maybe suffers from that a little bit. Carl, let's come to you. Of course, in the 34th minute, um, excellent skill from Hunmin Son. Passed it to Matt Doherty. Shot was saved. Uh, one thing I did find really peculiar, in the 36th minute, Everton, of course, were 2-0 down. Um, the ball went in the crowd and they didn't give the ball back. It was like they just wanted to waste time and they were 2-0 down. Really bizarre. Um, 37 minutes gone. Spurs went 3-0 up. Harry Kane goal. Matt Doherty uh, with an assist. What an absolutely fantastic finish. Um, Carl, I know for the third time... You know, talk us through the goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, slight disbelief that the ball was through from from Doherty, but um, you know, a, a really beautifully weighted ball. Um, there's there's always that thing of you just hold your breath because you think is this offside? You know, the flag's not gone up, um, and then but when you put, you put Kane in that chance in in that position, and you know he's going to score nine times out of ten, and so it proved. And uh, there was a nice there was a nice bit at the end of the game actually where Teddy Sheringham was was talking to him about it and kind of what was going through his mind and stuff, and 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 you know just Harry Kane in that position, you just are so confident that he's going to find the back of the net. And 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 you know watching watching these guys when they warm up they're they're just a different animal you know at Kane and Son um, at, at Burnley ironically when they barely got a shot away on target just putting the ball in the back of the net and just popping it in the top corner me and my lad was watching them just going this is absolutely incredible and it was like that it was just like he was back in back in training all the time in the world and. Um, he said afterwards in the interview that uh, Pickford was uh, telling him he was offside and Pickford was grabbing the ball ready to take the free kick. So, um, to, but, you know, nice nice to see a, a VAR go in our, in our favour. I mean, just just on that and, and whether, whether I don't know whether the, the image would have come up on the screens, but they, they made that really, really quickly. Like, I don't quite know how that happened so quickly when we, we not so long ago we were spending literally minutes kind of drawing all these lines and zooming in but he was well on side 
Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit surprised actually in the, in the stadium. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about the uh, the fourth goal, uh, Kulishevsky to Sergio Regulon. Um, as uh, Carl said earlier, he'd only been on the pitch for what, what was it, Carl? Forty one seconds. Yeah, forty one. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, Darren, talk, talk us through that fourth goal. I think the beautiful thing about that goal was it was Regulon putting a big statement out to go, I'm here. Um, um, I want my plates, I want my shirt, I want to play. And I think the beautiful thing about that was we came out in the second half and we hit the ground running. We were 3-0 up and new Spurs, we have to keep hitting the ground running. We can't sit back on it. Like I remember when we were 3-0 up and I was tweeting again, it's 3-0 and I'm still scared. That's what we all were feeling in the stadium. That's what we're all feeling at home. We're worried. So that, that goal there just calmed everybody down. It made the second half a fun second half to watch. We could all relax. Their Everton fans could start making their journey home. They could they could sort their lives out and get back to Merseyside. It, every, everyone was a winner. That that goal there was a winner. But it's really interesting. Going back to the, the third goal, the VAR was really interesting because when it mm. came up on the screen at home, they took an angle where they cut out one of the defenders. And I was like, what are they doing? We can all we all know at home there's another defender that's playing him on side. Mm. Then they open that shoulder. Oh, okay, he's on side. Fine, move on. It was so weird. It was like they were trying to go, nope, he's offside. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, sorry, he's on side. And I think that's what VAR is doing. It's creating an uncomfortable air. And I think with that one, it was very clear he was on side. And yeah, but with goal number four, I think it was all about calm spurs. We needed to come out running. And Everton needed to be basically. It was like Everton were a sick animal that someone had to do the, the job on. And Regulon came out and said, "I'll do it." And I think that's what we needed to do for us. We did it for Everton, and we also did it for the fans because we needed that. We needed that goal because the second half, if it had gone any further in and it was still three nil, it would have given Everton a bit of confidence. So that was that was the one that killed the game. Darren, did you really admit um, that you you were relaxed during that second half, falling in love? <laughs> Listen. At 4-0, I was relaxed. I'm not going to lie. I even still went back to check the third goal because I was still adamant that Docky didn't do the pass. That's how bad it was. I was watching it again. It must have, it must have been Benticle. And then I realised I was wrong. So, yeah, I actually did relax. I started to chill. I started to think about this. I wanted to enjoy this now. I even started writing down stats like that um, our big Swede has now got um, five goals in six... Five, in, been involved in five goals in six games. Five goals in six games. That's a quality signing right there. My big ginge. Mm. <laughs> who, out you, who out of you three has been singing the Kuliszewski song? <laughs> <laughs> I knew many versions. Many versions. <laughs> Joe, let's come to you. Now, in the last half an hour, Antonio Conte said, I've seen with my staff that when we have more days and time to prepare for a game, to play against us, it's difficult for everybody. The problem is when we have to prepare in two or three days. Um, now, of course, Tottenham Hotspur are now out of every competition apart from the Premier League. We've got 12 games left in the Premier League. Um, what difference do you think it is going to make to Conte and these players to have more time to prepare? Because it's not the first time he said this. Yeah, cheers, Antonio. So he's just implying that he's a genius for getting us dumped out of the FA Cup. That's basically <laughs> what he's suggesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the stats show, don't they, that Spurs, when they've got a full week to prepare are significantly better. And I think now we've got this run out, uh, this run in at the end of the season, obviously it gives us the best possible chance. That being said, Arsenal still obviously got a game in hand on us. We're obviously catching them now. And I think that is really going to be the issue for us. 
uh, the United game at the weekend, obviously massive. I mean, if there's one team in the Premier League that's more dysfunctional than Spurs and Everton, it's Manchester United. So I feel like we should turn them over, but it gives us the best possible chance for the running. Let's put it that way. Well, Conte said to his players that the target is top four and he said to finish in the top four for us would be like winning the Champions League or the Premier League for us this season. Carl, your thoughts on those comments? Well, he he just can't make his mind up, can he? Because at one point, I think before tonight, he was saying, you know, we need a target. And then, you know, he just, I I think he, he, whether it's mind games or whatever it may be, look, I think top four, we'd all snap your hands off for that right now. Um, I think it was disappointing, to say the least, against Middlesbrough, but but sort of still, I don't know. I can't I can't describe the feeling I had at Middlesbrough. Really, it was it was almost predictable, uh, despite the fact we entered that game really really confident. And and Conte kind of came out of that saying he didn't really know how to react to defeats anymore because he wasn't really used to. We'd, we'd already spursified him that he wasn't really sure how to react to these defeats. And I was exactly the same walking out of the stadium, but I did still have half a chicken parmo uh, in the car to eat. So I think I was just looking forward to that, to be fair. So um, I, I would love to see us get top four. I think Man United are a, a, a bit of a basket case. Uh, unfortunately, I think Woolwich are looking very informed for now, but I think they've always got a wobble in them. West Ham have got um, Europa League and, um, you know, the, 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 the best player looks like he might have a bit of an injury now. So it... Unfortunately, I think I think Joe said it earlier. It could come down to that rearranged fixture, and um, you know if they're going to try and stick that on the Wednesday in the final week of the season, then uh, you know we're in for a pretty hairy game. So um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to take it one game at a time, and I get a feeling that's sort of really what Conte's doing. He's just having to come out with sound bites every now and again for the media. Darren, what have you made of Antonio Conte's comments, um, you know, certainly in the last couple of weeks? I think I've realised more the more I listen to Conte is he is as passionate and as crazy as we will are as Spurs fans. He is emotionally driven. And when he gets hurt and upset, he, he, gets, he, he lets it all out. And he says what he feels in that moment. That may not be the bigger picture. And I think some, some things he does say for the impact... But I think what is it's his passion that always bleeds through. And I'm willing to buy into that. I'm willing to buy into that because someone who's showing passion and showing that things are affecting them and being able to articulate in a way that is just raw. Yes, there are going to be stuff that he said that are going to be controversial and that are going to be misleading and are going to be wrong. But the fact that he's coming out and he's addressing us and he, he looks as hurt as we look. And I think that's something that I've, I've taken from him as a manager. When we lose, he looks as beat up as we feel. He looks as distraught as we are. Then he's angry about it. Then he's then he's like, I- I'm done with this. I don't, I don't know. What can I do about this? Because we're thinking the same. What can we do about this? How can you fix that squad? I've got no idea. And some fans will go, no, that's scary. We want a manager who's got a plan and got a vision. But part of the madness that he has, it's about fueling the board. And it's about fueling the bigger picture. Because Conte, one thing he believes in is Conte. He knows how good he is. He knows how good of a job he can do. And if you give him the right tools, he knows what he's capable of. And I think what he's doing with this team right now is he's shaking them up as much as he can. He's trying to get reactions any which way he can. And hopefully that will drive us over the line to get top four. If he does that, then I believe he gets more of his tools because his two sign-ins, I believe right now, have elevated our team. 
And that's his two. If he gets more, that's the type of team we're going to be looking at. That's the mentality of players we're going to be getting. And I think we will see that shift. So I'm I'm happy with what I'm calling bipolar Conte. I like bipolar Conte. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Joe, what are your thoughts on Antonio Conte in the press conferences? Because he he's a very honest guy, isn't he? I mean, yes and no, to be honest. I think he's a little bit very disingenuous. Yeah, he's very outspoken. He can be a bit disingenuous. This whole, this is the best group of players I've ever worked with. And then I didn't realise how bad this squad were. And it's like, come on. Like, you've done your due diligence. You're Antonio Conte. You did. And also, it's not the best group of players you work with. It's just not. So I think Darren's point about maybe trying to get reactions, I think that's definitely that's definitely true and definitely part of it. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's kind of prone to say what he's thinking in the moment rather than being calculating like maybe, I don't know, maybe a, an Arteta or a, a Guardiola might be. I also think he's onto a bit of a win-win because just being cynical, we don't get top four. He doesn't get the money he wants. He walks and he's still Antonio Conte and he still get any job anywhere in the world. We do get top four and he does get the money he wants. He's done a brilliant job at Spurs. Let's see what happens next season. So I would love him to be at Tottenham because he's one of the best five managers in the world. And I do genuinely think he's a almost kind of psychopathic in his focus on winning and he will do everything he can to get us top four. Whether those three games where we dropped points, what was it Wolves, uh, Burnley and the Southampton game, whether that's going to cost us, and I think that might just be the thing that costs us, we'll see. But yeah, I certainly think he's the best man for this job. Joe, with all of these comments in the past few weeks, like you've said, have you changed mm. your opinion of him? It's, I've, I've fallen out of love a little bit. It's a bit like when you're in the start of a relationship and then one thing happens, you think, oh, oh well, I still like him. But maybe it's not quite. Maybe it's not quite kind of what I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, it's not going to be quite rom-com territory, uh, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get it. He's a serial winner, and he says whatever he feels he needs to, and he can be a little bit petulant, and that kind of that comes with the territory of being a manager of that class. But yeah, it has the scales have fallen from my eyes a little bit. I think. Carl, are you still in love with Antonio Conte? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I am. I think the reason I, 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 the reason I am is because I think he's here with almost, I, I would say, almost nothing to lose. And I don't think that's quite right. But, but I think because he has got such a fantastic reputation, even if it doesn't quite go right from at Spurs, he can walk into another top job and and be absolutely fine. So in that respect, I just like how he's shaking things up. I think he has got that slightly kind of mad edge to him where the boardroom will will have to give him what he wants. Because let's face it, if this guy walks because he isn't given the support he needs, we, we're going to be seeing kind of protests unlike anything we've seen so far. I think we're on a knife edge as a club and Conte is the man who is walking that tightrope with us. And, you know, Where's the improvement? Where's the where's the upgrade on Conte coming if it doesn't work out for Conte? So I think we're in last chance saloon. I think he knows 
we're in last chance saloon and therefore you know he, he could walk into the man united job in the summer if he wants it he could walk into any number of top top jobs he seems to get the club he seems to enjoy the fans and enjoy sort of everything about being here he keeps keeps reiterating like sort of someone chained to a radiator that he's enjoying himself here and you know like he's just sort of it's all fine um but i do genuinely believe he is because and I, and I, and you know obviously we're all going to be biased here but i do think we're a special football club i do think that when you stand in that dugout and hear those fans chanting your name or hear the away end chanting your name when we're struggling at Middlesbrough, that is going to kind of endear you to this football club. So I just hope he hangs around. But yeah, he's not a miracle worker, uh, despite, you know, Matt Doherty getting two assists tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, it must be very different, though, for Antonio Conte, because everywhere he's gone, he's been given the money, he's had the resources to, you know, try and win the league and and win the league. You know, Chelsea and, uh, and of course, Inter Milan. He's done a very good job everywhere he's gone. This is a very different job for him now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It is a very different job for him. And I think... Conte, like just summing up what we have right now, it's like going to a club and pulling the best looking girl in the club. And everyone knows you have. And everyone knows you're on an absolute winner. And then you go home and you realise that she does fart. And she does, she does, she's yeah, a What have you she started here? <laughs> you know what I mean? She, she, not, but when you go out with her, everyone's raving about her. And everyone wants to be with her because you've got her. And I think that's what Conte is presenting, like the persona right now. Is we know how amazing he is, we know how lucky we are to have him. But I think right now he is in a difficult predicament as well because he's used to, as you said, he's used to the high life, he's used to the chairman that give him what he wants, the money being available, also having normally better resources to start with as well, and the system ready to go where the transfers are flying through the door and it's all working, it's Conte's way. And I think this time. He's come with a couple of Labutins in his bag and he's gone, all right, this is what I'm working with. And they've gone, all right, it's going to take a little while before you get the wardrobe. And I think it's now Conte going, how can I keep making myself look good with what I've got? And he's struggling. That's why he's getting annoyed because it's messing up his persona. And I think it's really interesting now to see the measure of him. And I think this summer is going to be a massive one in terms of the transfer. We, We all know that as fans. But I think this period between now and getting there, I think Conte is going to learn a lot about himself. And we're going to learn a lot about Conte. And I think right now, having a week between each game is massive for us right now. Because as much as he's talking about the genius of what he is, it also is our squad is just a solid 11 with impact players on benches. And right now, he's trying to get the best 11 to maximise each game. And right now, we've got a situation where the league has presented us in a way where we can actually do that. And Conte can look as good as he wants to look. And I, I believe I still I, I still believe top four is available. I still I'm still holding on for it. I'm calling top four still. We'll definitely come on to that. Um, a great moment actually because the Spurs fans were singing Antonio Antonio again, and the support for our manager from the Spurs fans in every single game is absolutely incredible. You know he's got great support from the Tottenham Hotspur fans, and of course Frank Lampard. The Spurs fans were singing "You're Getting Sacked in the Morning," which is a great moment uh, for us. Um, now, Joe, let's come to you. in the 55th minute. Um, Tottenham Hotspur went 5-0 up. Harry Kane, Matt Doherty floated over um, a ball. Harry Kane finished with his left foot. Unbelievable finish again from the Tottenham and England striker. What more can all of us Spurs fans say about Harry Kane that has not been said already? Do you know what? What I liked about it is it's, it was dismissive. It was almost like the ball comes over and he's just like, just get out of my face, just bang. Just straight away. And it was just, it's again, somebody playing with that 
supreme confidence, but he's starting to look for the first time this season in the last few weeks, starting with that game against City, that's Kane at his best. And yeah. he just wants to be on the ball all the time. Everything he tries look brilliant. There was, um, he tried to play a ball through, the first time ball through to Sonny in the 70th odd minute where he fizzed it through and it was so nearly, and I hadn't even seen this ball was on and I'm watching it on the TV so I could see the whole pitch. And he's just playing with that confidence, that swagger. And like we were saying earlier about getting around the pitch, he put in that big reducer on um, Deli Alley as well. Nothing dirty about it, just wanted to win the ball. And I just think when he's playing like this, he's just unplayable. It's worth saying, Mason Holgate again, watching the ball drift over his head. I mean, what are you doing? That's Harry Kane standing behind you. At least try and get touch tight to him. Uh, but they said in commentary, I thought it was very interesting, that um, uh, most strikers would have taken a touch there. That's absolutely right, because you've got no right to hit that with your kind of quote-unquote weak foot. But when he's like this, just he knows that everything he touches turns to gold. Well, that goal, actually, it was very similar to uh, Hoybier to Harry Kane um, at Ellen Road against Leeds. But I think tonight's was 10 times better. Um, and, and just, what, 30 seconds, a minute before that goal went in, um, Harry Kane uh, supplied a, a ball to Eric Dyer, uh, which hit the bar. Um, Carl, what more can we say about Harry Kane? He's in incredible form. When, when you talk about that game against Manchester City, as Joe mentioned, uh, that game against Leeds, and of course tonight, he is on fire, isn't he? Yeah, and you know we're all falling back in love with him again. After I mean, without without continuing the rom com uh, rom com sort of sideline we've been on tonight, but um, yeah, we've all fallen back in love with him. I think after you know a fairly uh, tumultuous summer where he looked like he was sulking. I mean, to be honest, he didn't even look like he was enjoying playing with Sonny. And actually, there were one or two occasions. I'm, I'm sure things were fine, but actually they looked pretty grumpy with each other and, and, and looked like they weren't enjoying playing with each other. So. Um, He's look. He's playing with a smile on his face. Uh, the interview that they did, I think it was after the Leeds game, where him and Sonny are sort of stood there, with, you know, just enjoying playing. And um, you know, there, there was that chance actually, and I think it was possibly still at nil nil, where Kane put it through for Son, and he had Sess on the overlap, and he went for it. And I, I said to my son, it almost like there was such an easy ball to Sessignon. You half wonder if this kind of partnership and how many goals they can actually score plays on their mind a little bit of going, you know, this one's this one's over the top from Kane. Let's add another one to the tally. So. I, you know, hopefully, um, great, great players. He knows better than I do. Probably says to put it in the top tier, but um, you know, I, I just, I, I just love watching him, and um, I just really, really hope that he plays with us forever more because I think he's one of these players that he does have another six, seven, eight years in him, uh, like a, like a Ronaldo. Um, he looks after himself, and if he could be that player for us, he'll get three hundred Premier League goals, let alone two hundred. So, so yeah. Fingers crossed he, he does that in a Spurs shirt. Darren, do you think Harry Kane will be a Tottenham Hotspur player for the rest of his playing career? Right now, I do. Right now, I do. And there's a number of factors that make me think this way. And I think one of the major factors is the market is going to change again this summer. And I think with the market changing, with a player like Mbappe moving around for free, with um, the big lad um, Dortmund um, moving for about 75 mil, that means that a value of Kane being 100 mil makes everything different and it makes the market very different. And I think with that in mind, there's not many clubs that he can go to. And I think that's an interesting factor. Where can he go? Where does he want to go? And then that comes in. Kane loves Tottenham. And right now, we've got a marriage that could work with Conte and 
the 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 winning of silverware, the winning of stuff, the the projection of Harry Kane being seen as one of the Premier League's best ever strikers can maybe be be achieved in this package. Yes, we probably all said versions of this before with different managers that have come in, but Conte is the one that looks like he could do it right now. Kane wants the goal tally. He wants to beat everybody. You can see it in his eyes. You can also see right now the partnership with him and Son is is back in, in, in fruition. But also, we always rave about Kane. And I think Teddy Sheridan did the rest of the Spurs boys a disservice today when he said how great Kane was compared to everyone else. And I think, mm. let's not get back to Pep talking us Kane FC. We're definitely not that side anymore. Kane looks great when players are moving around him, giving him passing options, when the fluid movement around the side is working, when he's getting the ball in early transitions where he can think and move quickly, Bentecourt being able to give it to him, players around him moving better, Sun being awake for the game. Also, an out ball is not always Kane anymore. Kuliteski is an, is an out ball. He holds the ball up so well up top. Mora couldn't do that. We've got different dimensions that allows Kane to play his natural game he spoke about being free on the pitch. Being free on the pitch means that other players are adapting to your move. When Kane goes short, Sun instinctively will go long. When Kane goes long, they're looking to play that ball. That's why Doherty could find that pass for him. It's so many different parts about Spurs right now that he's making Kane be the wonderful human being and the great footballer that he is. And I think let's look at that and celebrate that. And if I was Kane with a team that's working around you, making you look this good, where are you going Joe, you, you had a huge smile on your face when I asked that question about Kane, uh, you know, finishing his career at Spurs. Do you think he will? Because, you know, we're now in March, only a couple of uh, months left of this season. Um, and of course, in the form that he is in at the moment, you, you would think that all of the pundits and all of the media outlets in the next couple of months will be saying Harry Kane will be leaving Spurs in the summer because it will be another trophy-less season at Tottenham. What are your thoughts? I think Darren's right, actually, about the market. Europe, Europe-wide in terms of Mbappe going to Madrid and then uh, Haaland, wherever he ends up going. I think the only other, obviously, striker kind of of that ilk in Europe is probably Robert Lewandowski, who's probably past that time where he's going to move. My, I suppose my big fear would be the natural fit for Kane would be Manchester United or Chelsea if they move on Lukaku, which they likely will. Now, the one thing I've always said, I've thought if we lose him, I do not want to see him play in the Premier League. That I can't, I could deal with seeing him Champions League nights or watching La Liga highlights or whatever. I cannot see him at United. I really can't see him at Chelsea. That would be my worry that they would come in with kind of a mega bucks offer in terms of a contract and that would turn him. Right now, I think we've got a great chance of keeping him, particularly if Conte stays and we get top four this season. Um, I think Darren's right. He wants that goal tally. Obviously, going into a World Cup again in Christmas, he's going to want to be focused and settled for that. I think what's interesting about Harry Kane as well, he has a little dip in form every season. It's normally kind of around Christmas time. Obviously, this year is the start of the season. And I always think, oh, I wonder if it was all just a big flash in the pan and he'll never come back. And then he always does. And I go, oh, I can't believe I ever thought that. Look at him. He's absolutely brilliant. And it's lovely to kind of see him back to his very best. I think, as I do every year, this is the best version of Harry Kane we've seen because he's got so many different elements to his game. I'm I'm skirting around your question. Um, yes, he'll finish, <laughs> he'll, fin- he'll finish his career at Spurs. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, 
Carl, let's come to you. Now, Stevie uh, Bergvine came on, um, hit the post and uh, shot over in the 89th minute. What have you made of Steven Bergvine since uh, since signing for Spurs? Because he's had very limited opportunities. But when he when he does get these opportunities, in your opinion, does he take them? Well, look, I I will never forget that Leicester away uh, when when you know about three fans either side of me had all left the stadium and uh, and 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 actually I, I've got to tell everyone this because you know a stop clock is right twice a day that basically uh, when we brought Stevie on against Leicester I said he's Stevie's going to equalise in the last minute of injury time to my son and of course he did and we went absolutely crazy and then we kicked off and he's got the other one so that's a moment I'll never ever forget so whatever happens with Stevie B he's going to go down in Spurs folklore as a as a court hero for me and um, you know he sort of he's he's blown a little bit hot and cold I don't necessarily know if I know what his best position is you know he seems to get played as um Conte seems to like him perhaps as like an option for a striker or maybe, you know, like a, a number 10. Uh, he, he seems to be being used as an impact sub and probably ahead of Mora in that role as well. Um, he's clearly talented, but I don't think he's sort of, he's not a young kid anymore either. So he's kind of at a stage now where he ought to be, you know, performing a little bit more consistently. So I, I, I hope it works out for him. I think he's a great option to have on the bench. Obviously, you know, Tonight, we really just brought him on for the minutes, I think, and just to save legs. And uh, and and I'd have liked him maybe to kind of take that opportunity against a team that was really kind of run ragged. And, and you know that that to me would have been a moment where you kind of see see the hunger in his eyes to just go and get himself on the score sheet. And he came he came close a couple of times, but I hope it works out for him. Um, I, I fear long term it might not. I feel like he may end up back in in. Ajax or back back in Holland um, with with someone I think long term that could be uh, where he where he ends up. How dare he? How dare he? Just, just that, like that. How that, dare he? He was so <laughs> furious, Carl. That that was it. <laughs> I, I, as, as Chris ever left his own channel before, just in fury at, uh, at an answer. <laughs> I think you have his phone charger in. That's probably what he'd realise. <laughs> Oh, he's got knocked on the window and they're like, move on, young man, move on. You've been parked there for too long. Get it moving. <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, this is what what's there left to talk about, boys, while we wait for Chris to come back. I mean, well, what, I what, think you... Chris will have the burning question, which we'll probably be able to go into now, is do we think Spurs will get top four? Ooh. I think it's coming down. I think it's coming down to that Woolwich game. I think I think that, you know, the, the amount of damage that those three games that we all kind of counted three points on, uh, sorry, three points each on, and just kind of thought we're, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be well away here. Uh, that, that could, could cost us by, by the end. But I think, you know, if we can, if we can beat Woolwich at home, whenever that is and, and get them at the right time, then I think it's all to play for. And I, I just think it's going to be going to be that tight. This United game on Saturday is interesting, isn't it? That's kind of the one I've got my eye on because the Spursy thing now, obviously, with them getting smashed by City, would be us to then go away, be abject and get battered by them. I think if we can turn them over, and I'm also watching the game with about five United fans, so it's got a bit of an added edge for me. But I think if we can go and turn them over, then I'll start to think, okay, well, it's on. Arsenal have got some tough fixtures. I think they've got Leicester, Liverpool, 
and another tough game coming up in the next three. If they start to drop some points, then maybe it's on. But I mean, this United game on Saturday is massive. It definitely is. And now we hit the Man United game. I know, Chris, if he was here, he'll be asking the all-important question. Here he comes. all-important <laughs> question. Now, Chris, we just did the top four, but I know you want to ask the all-important question of what we think the score's going to be at the weekend. Well, did you actually just speak about whether we're finishing the top four or not? Yeah. I, I knew that's where you going to go, Chris. I had to keep it fluid, you see. I, I read your mind. I knew the he next point. <laughs> Joe, Joe, where do you think we'll finish? He, he dodged it a minute ago. 12, <laughs> 12 games left. We've got to be consistent now. Of course, Manchester United up next. 12 games left. Realistically, you know, be completely honest with me. Where do you think Spurs will finish? Fifth. Fifth. I do. I do, do you know what? I, I would love us to play Arsenal last week of the season. I did think, are the Premier League going to try and rearrange that? So that's our final game of the season. So I thought, that's not fair, but it'd be good fun for everybody else. But... I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I just don't. I don't think Arsenal will drop enough points, and I think we'll. There'll be a slip up for us somewhere, somewhere in there. If we beat United on Saturday, I might say fourth and a half. But I mean, yeah, right, right now, I'd say it's probably Arsenal's to lose. Are you saying then, Joe, that Arsenal will finish above Spurs? Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, it's your first time on the show, Joe. <laughs> producer on my podcast is a massive gooner, so he's already fallen out of my mum and my auntie trolling them about Tottenham. So, um, uh, no, no, Chris, I'm not. <laughs> no, yes, I am. Yes, I am. This this season, I don't, I don't, I think dropping those points against Southampton, against Wolves, against Burnley, it's going to cost us too much. But who knows? Beat United on Saturday and might be different. Let me follow that up then, Joe. If we finish fifth, does Antonio Conte and Harry Kane stay at Spurs for next season? Oh, Chris. Uh, um, oh, you've got double bubble on you. I think... You didn't think... ask these questions, Darren, did you? <laughs> no, mate. Yeah, well, you're the gaffer. That's why oh. you run this. Darren was so nice, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Kane does. I think Conte doesn't. Yeah. Yep, that would, oh. that would be my instinct. Carl, do you agree? Um, I think we are. I think we've got the run on West Ham. I think um, as long as we don't do anything silly against Man United, I think we've definitely got the run on them. I am worried about the Woolwich Wanderers. I was just saying, I think it's going to come down to that match. Um, when they schedule that match and the form that both teams are going into it will I think have and who's available because you know they don't have many strikers but they do seem to have quite a fluid sort of goal scoring midfield goals from midfield at the minute so um you know if we can go into that game on on song I do think that this thing and I go back to kind of when Chelsea um when when Chelsea won the league and they weren't in any of the competitions and he was kind of prepping the team each week and this kind of I do think that's quite significant for us and I know that you know they're not in anything either so um so probably not much advantage but um I I I think we can do it um I think we're just in our own mini league and we've just got to stop dropping silly points and um, and hope that they start start dropping silly points. You know, Leicester may be coming back into a little bit of form, having been looking pretty turgid in recent weeks and they um, 
you know they if they can take some points off them this weekend that would be a that would be a very good start but like we say man united one game at a time we, that's a really really key game because i think we've got to get man united and west ham behind us first and then and then just kind of set laser focus on fourth Cole, you talk about that Arsenal game. Of course, that's got to be rearranged. We don't, we don't know the date of that game. When would be the perfect time for us to play that match? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I, th- I, think, I think towards the end of the season might, might work in our favour because I think that the one thing that we now have is we, we've got a lot more bottle than we ever used to have and I just kind of think that I don't fear for us as much and and actually the, the you know some of the seasons where where it's gone a little bit better in those final weeks is when we've really really turned up and I know I'm going a long way back but I, you know I think back to that game when we beat Man City you know the, the season when we did finally get in the Champions League and we needed to go to City and just kind of hang on for a point and that's what we were all going for thinking we'll hang on for a point and then we'll do something at Burnley on the final day of course it's Tottenham we won 1-0 at City and lost at Burnley so you know that that I think is just that I think if you give us that that match I don't think we can I don't think we can lose many more cup finals. I don't think we can lose many more 90 minute matches where everything's riding on it and we come out without without you know the the prize and and I think that that Arsenal game would basically be a fourth place Champions League playoff that Sky Sports would absolutely love. So that's probably why it's being delayed. They've got to give a they've got to give at least six weeks notice for the police and the TV and everything. So the, the, the more weeks tick by where this match has not been rescheduled, I think it's going in that week in May uh, on the Wednesday night in front of a full house and it will be absolutely electric. Carl, what's your prediction of where we finish? I'm I'm going to go fourth. I'm going to go fourth. I'm the eternal optimist. And, and I'm, yeah, I, I think I think we'll do it. I can't bear the thought of finishing behind them. I'm really, really becoming accustomed to uh, to finishing above them in the last half decade. Darren, what are you saying? You know I'm going to say fourth. You know that's where I am. I'm <laughs> not letting the optimism go down on me. I'm staying strong in it. I feel that that fourth place is up for grabs. No one has put their hands on it solidly. And I think it's down to us not to self-destruct ourselves. If we can do that, we can absolutely take it. Our neighbours are going to fall apart. I guarantee they're going to have a wobble. That's what they do. Man United don't know that. They know what football is right now. As long as they keep playing Maguire, I'm a happy man. And West Ham, they, they, they crumble. It's just what West Ham do. And them trying to be a European threat as well as in the league, their heads are going to absolutely go crazy. They won't know what they're doing. They're going to fall apart. The problem we have is they turn up against us. We are their cup final. That game for them is bigger than anything in the world. So they're going to really, 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 really want that. And we've got to make sure that we just do what Spurs know we can do. Nights like tonight, every week, happy days. I think I agree with Joe, actually. I think that we're going to finish fifth. I just think it's going to be very, very hard. I'm I really done do. I... I'm done. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope, I really do hope that we get Champions League football because I really do miss Champions League football. I really, really do. And when you go from a Champions League final to then play, uh, you know, uh, Europa League football and then Europa Conference League football, it's just, you know, the, the downward spiral has just been dreadful. Um, but um, despite Tottenham winning 5-0 tonight, we remain seventh in the Premier League. We've played 26, we've won 14, we've drawn three, lost nine. Now have a goal difference of plus eight. We have 45 points. We've got the same points as West Ham now, but we do have two games in hand over them. And by the way, David Moyes was watching uh, Spurs tonight because I bumped into him. 
Um, we're now two points uh, behind Manchester United with two games in hand. Uh, we're now three points away from the top four. We've played one game more than Arsenal, who are currently fourth. Joe, let's come to you. Um, of course, our next game is Saturday against Manchester United at Old Trafford. They've just lost 4-1 against Manchester City. Uh, and after that, we play Brighton and West Ham. Very hard month uh, in March. How do you see the Manchester United game going? Are Tottenham Hotspur going to win at Old Trafford Saturday? Joe, can I save you before you answer that? Because Krista did something very unkind and I just watched what he did and I'm just going to pull him up on it. You agreeing with Joe? I'm going to ask you the same thing you asked Joe. Are you saying we're going to finish behind our neighbours? No. <laughs> yes, no, I'd, I'd never say that. I'd I'm never say that. Because you no. said you agreed with Joe and I was like, Joe said a no. lot of things. No, no. <laughs> we, 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 we definitely can't agree with Joe on that. No, that's that, that's unforgivable. The first time on the show and he's saying Arsenal are going to finish above us, I can't believe he's done it. That, that's why I needed to check in because you said you agreed with him and it scared me. I was about to log off. So just check in. All yours, Joe. All yours. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? I, I do think we're going to do them on Saturday. Um, they're laughable at the moment. And they, they have these little blips where you think, oh, maybe they're back. But I just think it's in that the long history of shambolic Manchester United teams since Fergie left in 2013. I think this is potentially the most shambolic. They've got the most talent, the most expensively assembled squad. And they're all over the place. They're absolutely all over the place. Darren said about Harry Maguire, I've never seen a player lose form more. Perhaps that was what um, Antonio Conte said to Matt Doherty. Like, look, like Harry Maguire has been to the final of a European Championship, so you can come back, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think now's a good time to play them. I think they will probably, again, try and come at us because it's at Old Trafford as well. I think that plays into our hands. And yeah, I think, to be honest, I think we're a better side. I think we're better managed. I think we're better organised. We know our game plan. And if Harry Kane plays like he did tonight or like he did against Leeds or like he did against City, I think it's ours to lose. What score prediction you game with, Joe? Do you know what? Actually, what was it? it was 6-1, wasn't it? About 18 months ago, which was just wonderful. Wonderful moment. Like, as I say, a lot of my mates are United fans. Um I think 2 0. 2 0. Carl, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a bogey ground for us right up to um, you know, Pedro Mendez and uh, when we when we <laughs> yeah. should have when we should have won that one. I'll never I'll never forget that one. Um I I I, I agree. I think it, I think they are a little bit of a shambles, but you know, I think we need to we we're going back to this thing of which Tottenham which Tottenham's gonna turn up, you know. So so having seen the way we played at Man City and then having seen the way we played at Burnley, which Tottenham is turning up. Um, we have got this, you know, what five, five, six day um to kind of turn around to kind of prep for it. So I think we'll. I think it will be tight. I don't think they can be nearly as bad as, as as what they were. I think the good thing is if we can maybe get in their face and get a goal early like we did tonight, then I think that could become quite a toxic atmosphere for them, and I think that that will help us no end. So um, I'm going to say I'm going to say two on Tottenham. Cole, just wanted to ask you, um, Ralph Ragnick obviously come in at Manchester United replacing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Do you think they're a, a better team uh, under Ragnick or a, a worse team or just the same? Um, I think 
he's just an unusual appointment because he's kind of the safe pair of hands. Ollie, Ollie was such a strange appointment, wasn't it? It was such a strange ride because it's kind of a club hero, um, you know, and, and there were some good results in there, but, but it just, you know, didn't, didn't work out in the end. Um, I think they're just a bit dull. I mean, from what I've seen of them, they just, they're rigid, you know, Maguire kind of sums them up a little bit in terms of they look low on confidence. You know, they've, they've, there's all sorts going on uh, behind the scenes with kind of Ronaldo and Cavani and all of that sort of nonsense. I just think they're in a bit disarray really. And I think they're just in that weird transitional period where they're waiting for whoever's going to come in. Um, and, and, you know, again, to go back to the rom-com theme, the, uh, the, the hot favourites, uh, our former love who's making eyes at us from, Paris you know hopefully we're not going to need him so you know it, it's I think they're just in transition and I think that's why they're a bit of a mess and uh and and that's really why there's probably not going to be a much better chance to go and go and get three points Darren as long as Alex Ferguson don't go in that change room and say it's only Tottenham absolutely agree as long as he stays in the board doesn't come down and remind them doesn't tell Ronaldo you know what to do against him you've done it before don't wake any beast. That's what we need to do. Not wake the beast. Just keep them dormant. Get an early goal. And I think absolutely it's a solid Spurs win. I'm going to go 3-1. That's what I'm looking. Solid 3-1 victory. It's there. They're there to be beaten. But if it, I think the game is won and lost in the first 15 minutes. We go out there and we get an early goal. Shut up, shot. Game over. We'll absolutely 3-1. It could be worse. But I think if we let them get an early goal, and their confidence starts to grow and they get the, the fans on their back and they're supporting them, we've got a massive problem. But I'm going 3-1 Spurs. Let's have it. I've got to say, Chris, when it comes to these 5.30 Saturday I kickoffs... Could you try I, again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, we want to join in. Okay. <laughs> getting, getting heckled by Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that wasn't after the predictions. Um, we, uh, we based at, for the five thirty Saturday kickoffs. I I gig every Saturday night in Loughborough, and I nearly killed one of our audience members against Man City because it went to the ten minute injury time. I was at the back of the comedy room, and the audience had started coming in, and I shouted so loud when we scored that winner, watching on my phone at the back of the room. So I'm always. I like to get those wrapped up just so that I don't have to explain away why I'm screaming and shouting at the back of the room because, <laughs> because the best thing is in Loughborough they're all Leicester fans anyway so they weren't particularly pleased to find out I was a Spurs fan after the Leicester game a few weeks ago so these 5.30 kickoffs on a Saturday for me I, I like them to be a nice easy ride rather than a 10th minute injury time Carl what's your score prediction? Uh, 2-1 uh, See, Matt, all, Doherty, all, Matt Doherty 97th minute <laughs> all, all three of you all three of you have got for a Spurs win Joe are, are, are we all getting carried away again? No, I think it's just United, isn't it? So it's, I just look at them and I just think as unpredictable and dysfunctional as we are, they are just, I mean, they, they take it to a different level. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect team for us to go and play. Like I say, well-organized, better system. We know what we're doing tactically. Uh, I just think, yeah, I think United are the, the team I would probably most like to play right now. Joe, as it's your first time on this show, um, mm. now I, I haven't spoken or, or used the word trophy yet, and we're an hour and 25 in. You know, it's, that must be a record, actually. I always talk about trophies and lack of them. Do you think Antonio Conte will be successful at Tottenham and lift a trophy? Oh. Um, They're not easy. Welcome, welcome Joe, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So my head says um, <laughs> no, <laughs> because I mean, I was there in 2008 where Ledley King limped up the stairs at Wembley to collect the Worthington Cup and um, Carling Cups. It was then, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, um, yeah. Go. On. Do you know what? I'm, fe- I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, yes. I want you to be honest. Don't don't feel the pressure. I want you to be honest. No, do you know what? Actually, like that Darren's enthusiasm has rubbed off on me. And do you know what? Yeah, yeah. Do you know we next year we might be all proudly lifting the Europa Conference League. So <laughs> there we go. Oh, you've ruined it. You've ruined sorry, it. Sorry. <laughs> Paul, are you confident that Conte will be successful at Spurs? Because uh, you know some some fans you talk to, they're expecting him to walk in the summer. Well, you know, I w- w- without this being too much of a crowbar of a, a, a plug for my book, when uh, I wrote being that number after Pochettino left, I wrote a little final chapter just before it went to publication about Mourinho, kind of saying that even though he was maybe a spent force, this guy was a serial winner, and if he couldn't win at Spurs, who who could? Now, we know that Mourinho left without lifting a trophy, maybe in controversial circumstances. I think Conte is obviously an upgrade on Mourinho. But I'm, but I'm left with the same question. If Conte can't lift a trophy, who can? So, you know, if Conte did walk and, and it comes back to Pochettino, um, I think that that could be, you know, as much as I love the guy, a really terrible combination if he's not really kind of picked up the big one at PSG and we've not won anything. Because all of a sudden that pressure goes up another 10 times all people talk about. So we've got to get this hoodoo out of the way and just so that people shut up about it and we can concentrate on other things. So... Um, if Conte stays around, if Conte's still here at the end of next season, I think he will have lifted a trophy. But I think so much so much is still going to play out between now and the summer and who he gets in the transfer window. So it's it's how long's a piece of string, I think, that question. But I really, really hope so. Come on, Darren, give it to me. I think I know where this is going. You know I'm backing him. You know I'm backing him for that trophy. <laughs> Absolutely. In Conte, we trust. I believe... The man is a serial winner. I can see what he wants. He knows what he wants. He's very clear. And that passion, I believe, as it drips through that squad, next year will be here with a trophy. That's the plan. Uh, Final question for you all. Joe, let's come to you first. Um, How do you think that we will do in the summer transfer window? Um, Will we bring in a number of players? Because, you know, I talked to some Spurs fans. They're expecting a whole host. They're expecting, like, most of the team to change. Are you you expecting uh, Tottenham to go out and spend big money? We need to. Um, The fact is, every transfer window that goes by, we get cumulatively further and further behind. Um, We need a right wing back, a centre back, and probably a creative midfielder. Maybe a long-term replacement for Larice. I feel I'm maybe going through a tiny version of what Conte's going through in the sense that um, the money's not there that I hoped would be there when he was appointed. Um, look, I think we will we'll pull out the checkbook a little bit more than we have in previous windows because we're going to do everything we can to keep Conte. Um, I don't think we'll go big, but I think we will buy. And I th- would hope that they're in the same vein as uh, Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky and can hit the ground running like they can. Yeah, yeah. Cole, surely in the uh, in the summer window, we've got to buy another striker, haven't we? 
Uh, yeah, but I think we've also got to have a bit of a change of policy as well. Uh, you know, I mean, don't be wrong, Bentico Kulisevsky, you know, Kulisevsky is only 21, I think, as well, isn't he? So, but but I think yeah. we need to buy some established talent. So, Dybala, I think, is out of contract. There's going to be plenty of good throwing money at him. Um, I don't know if this will be a controversial one. I'd, I'd have Kyle Walker back for a season or two now. He's got a few trophies under his belt. I still think he can do a job. So, that would be... <laughs> Darren's not sure. So, yeah. But I, I, I just think go and, go and sign some proven quality um you know and and we've we've got several world-class players we've got the beginnings of a spine uh i can't believe i'm considering really if, from a few years ago that die is part of that but i think he's looked so so important for us since he's come back in and looks really solid with romero alongside him i do think we probably need a need an upgrade on davis so i think you can probably pick out five or six players that we need a, a really, really first-class alternative to, and I don't. I think if Conte doesn't get that, I think this is the problem. This is where he will go, and that's where we'll be writing in the streets. So, you know, the 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 opportunity is there, and it could be that bit of a transition for one or two teams around us as well. So, you know, who who knows? Darren, are you expecting big things in the summer? I'm expecting a lot of work. I am expecting a lot of work, and I think. We need we need four, but ultimately it has to be the ones that Conte wants. I think this transfer window cannot be a Levy or anyone else dictating it. It's got to be Conte and Paratici getting their players in. There are a lot of players who are available that we don't have to break the bank for. Dybala being a prime example. It's about being shrewd businessmen. And I think the business that we've done in making our stadium amazing, making the training ground amazing, making the business amazing has been great. Now, let's do football business. This summer has to be about football and let's get that team looking like a team that can start winning stuff. Because, Chris, you need your trophy. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you, it's just been so long. Like like Joe said, 2008, our last trophy. It's just so long as Tottenham Hotspur fans. We as fans deserve these trophies and hopefully they'll be along very, very soon and hopefully under Antonio Conte. Um, Cole, let's come to you first. Um, thanks so much for joining us tonight and tell everyone where they can find your wonderful book and uh, and where they can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. So being that number, I wrote it about the season where it was supposed to be our first season back at White Hart Lane that turned into uh, about eight months at Wembley and a Champions League final. But it's all about supporters clubs around the world. So it's called Being That Number. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's a tenner with free delivery. So if that sounds like sort of your street, then uh, I'd be delighted if you buy a copy of that. And I am at Carl D. Jones or Carl Jones Comedy or Comedian on all the various platforms so uh, you can find me on there also Carl, tell everyone where they can uh, come and see you live yeah so i'm resident mc at uh, ruffle comedy club in loughborough so uh, every friday and saturday night i present uh, three headline comedians from the uk circuit so if that's not too far up the m1 uh, for where all our various fans are then uh, pop in and see us and do say hello and let me know you uh, you're a spurs fan if you do we've actually got tom stade who's been on uh, live at the apollo and all sorts this weekend so some, some amazing names so uh, yeah ruffle comedy club uh, in loughborough is where you'll find me well, thanks for joining us tonight, Cole. Um, Darren, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Well, you can find me on Netflix right now. I'm in a movie called Pirates, um, a nice, um, funky, old-school garage um, comedy movie, feel-good movie, and I'm probably invading most of your advert breaks on TV right now. You can find me in a number of different commercials trying to sell you something that I don't have. So <laughs> hope that's, that's, that's where you can find me. And I'm all over social media, at Original Heartman, on it all. Bless you guys. What, what products are we talking, Darren? 
Well, if I name one, I've got um, Tesco's and there are other supermarkets available. I'm doing Oaks <laughs> Furniture Land. There's also other furniture available. I'm doing um, British Heart <laughs> Foundation. There's other charities to support too. I'm all over the place, all over the place. Love it, love it. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And Joe, thanks so much for joining us for the very first time. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure having you on. I've loved your reactions when I've given you difficult questions. It's like, what on <laughs> earth do you ask me that for? I got PTSD, Chris. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> tell, tell everyone, Joe, where, where they can find you and what are you up to at the moment? Yeah, to be honest, the, the, the big thing is just just check out the podcast, Rose Ed. It's a football comedy podcast. Um, uh, host it alongside Hannah East, who I'm sure Carl knows from the Loughborough Comedy Circuit. Yeah, um, yeah so Rose Ed Soccer on Twitter, Rose Ed Pod on uh, Instagram, and just, yeah, go find us on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, we'd love it if you listened and said hello. Thank you very much. Well, Darren, Joe, Carl, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, certainly after Tottenham Hotspur won 5-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this evening against Everton. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, your support is really appreciated. And let's hope that we can get another three points against Manchester United on Saturday in the Premier League. I'll see you on the next video. Until then, come on you Spurs. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Inflation, student debt, recession, mortgage rates. Your employees have a lot on their minds. Offer them financial well-being support from Vanguard Well on Your Way at institutional.vanguard.com. All investing is subject to risk. Advice provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor.